Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Russ Cordell. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Abundant Life is gaining a bishop, and if you understand the concept of that and what we're talking about, we had Bishop Booker here yesterday. He's the, he's the district superintendent, and he spoke, and, and uh, God has laid an incredible anointing on him, powerful li- district leadership, and what he has, and not every church has that opportunity. He still pastors his church up in West Bend. But I'm excited because our church is gaining a bishop. And there's something really special about that. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 3 that a man that desires the office of a bishop desires a great thing. Brother Kylie does not desire that office, by the way. He hates titles. And he, he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it when we refer to him as that. But I'm telling you, when Brother Booker was talking yesterday about the foolishness of preaching, he and I have had this conversation, and it's simply this. After 41 years of powerful prayer, reaching lives, seeing healings and miracles and incredible things happening, at a certain point you have to look at the day-to-day pastor grind. Brother Tamla, I hope you agree with me on this. It's kind of beneath him, right? I mean, this is a man who's done this work for 41 years has seen incredible moves of God, impacted lives all over the place. And it's kind of just a mundane thing to talk to him in the level of a pastor because he's so much more than that. And he's going to bring so much more than that through his wisdom and his experience and his guidance for us and the other leaders and the other pastors here at this church. And I think we should be really, really excited about that factor that God has brought us a bishop. Amen. See, Pastor and Sister Kylie, Bishop Kylie, is going to continue to be a member of this church. And the word bishop in Scripture, it's found both in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, and I believe in, uh, and I'm going to hit a scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 5, but it literally means overseer. Now, in the Bible, it's interchangeable. The, the name pastor or leader or shepherd, bishop, all of those things are relatively interchangeable. But in, uh, in our nomenclature and in our culture, we tend to take that title something a little bit more someone who's earned a few more stripes, someone who God has dealt in in many more ways, much more experience, and is raised to a different place. The Bible says that God raises up and God sits down. And I want to tell you that God raised up a great pastor here in this church, in this community, but now he has raised up a great bishop. And we need to understand that and respect that and recognize when the bishop's in the house, there's anointing in the house. There's leadership in the house. There's oversight in the house to oversee and protect and to guide and to mentor. And that's exactly what we're looking forward to. And I want to tell you, I'm excited about that. Because the one thing Brother Kylie and I have agreed with all along is we're going to stay glued at the hip. I need to learn from him. I need to draw from his wisdom and his knowledge, his understanding, his anointing, and all the many, many more things that I need to learn. See, Brother Kylie didn't have a bishop when he came out here. Brother Tamil, Brother Tamil was kind of, I, and I, I was at Parkway when we first started in church, and I remember Brother Tamil very well, and I've heard him preach many times, but I know this about Bishop Tamil. He was a toss him in the deep end and let him swim type of a guy. Is that fair, Brother Tamil? <laughs> and so uh, I know his faith and his trust in Brother Kylie, and when he sent them out here, he said, you got what you need, you got the God that is going to be with you, and, and sent Brother Kylie out here. And he didn't have a bishop. You know, he had friends, he had connections, obviously. He had, obviously, Brother Tamil, and, and uh, certainly all of those resources of the district. But he didn't have a bishop. 
sitting in the house. He didn't have that overseer, that guide, and that mentor. And so through experience and, and learning and drawing and seeking God and doing all of this hard work, he grew and grew and built that. Brother Booker pointed out, or excuse me, I think it was, um, I think it was uh, Brother Cliff yesterday pointed out, Brother Steve went to Bible college, and that was the route that he took and, and got those degrees. And Brother Kylie took the other route and didn't, but he learned uh, through the same experience that I have. But look what God has wrought. Look what God has wrought. So I promised I wasn't going to go on too long, and I wasn't going to be sappy. So I just wanted to share just a few things. Some of you will relate to these, if, and if some of you won't. If you don't, just catch me after service. But um, this is his day, and he will relate. And so I thought it would be very, very poignant and, and important to touch on a few key factors of, of our bishop. So you know what you're getting in for. You know what's coming up here pretty soon. So the first thing I want to talk about this morning as we move on, I want to talk about fire. not very good at this. Brother Kylie has a famous phrase. He is often known to say that anything will burn if you get it hot enough. We know that premise has been tested to its limits too, by the way. Uh, I didn't know you could burn concrete. It's crazy. I, I, I had no idea. Uh, but when he gets going and he gets that wild look, like there's something to burn... It's really scary. Watch out. Now, if you happen to take a, a flight over this property, you'll notice that out in the yard out here in our, in, our, in our big field, there's a gigantic black spot. Now, that was strategically placed out there to be as far from any known structure as we could possibly get it because it's literally like 42 feet wide. It burned a lot of stuff. Um, it's, like, it's like he's Nebuchadnezzar or something. I mean, he just gets it going and people start vaporizing and astronauts are calling in from Houston. Uh, Houston, it appears that Wisconsin is on fire. <laughs> uh, so it gets a little scary sometimes and he'll burn anything. One day he handed me a giant box of plastic cups and I said, Pastor, I don't think we're supposed to burn this. <laughs> oh, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. So we pitch it out there. Sure enough, there is the blackest black cloud, pillar of cloud, like just, Oconomowoc was in a blackout for like 30 minutes. People were driving in the parking lot saying, hey, you know, that's plastic in there. You're not supposed to burn that. <laughs> I'm, my face is all black. Um, I'm not going to say Brother Kylie's got a problem. I, I, <laughs> but... Let's just say we're still not quite sure about that whole Chicago fire thing. Um, I realized that was in 1901, so it's right in there somewhere. Uh, but there was this barn incident in Eagle a few years back that looked kind of suspiciously similar. So it made me think, you remember that old song? Old Aunt O'Leary, little lantern in the shed, her cow kicked it over. Nobody ever heard that song? One dark night when we were all in bed, old Aunt O'Leary, the Chicago fire started. Yeah, So I think they had the wrong Irishman in that song. <laughs> Our brother Kylie, little lantern in the shed. Um, so anyway, they narrowly escaped death, burning a barn down in Eagle. 
and uh, all that stuff. So, but I'm sure, I, I'm sure Chicago was not him. The Chicago fire was too long ago. The Pestigo fire now, <laughs> that was in Wisconsin. So, I don't know. <laughs> I think one time he achieved nuclear fission. <laughs> I, I never saw fire burn like that. He just, he'd throw metal in, it would go molten right there on the spot. I, I think that's nuclear fission. Uh, burning paint cans, old lawnmowers, a couple of books on safety. <laughs> About 150 wooden pallets at a time. This is unbelievable. Oh my goodness. So, some of you may not realize this, but, but Brother Kylie is, is just a tad bit of a neatness guy. Which is kind of like saying Karl Marx was just a tad bit communist. <clears throat> He, he cannot stand clutter or messes of any kind. I mean anything. He's, and as, as a great pastor and bishop that he is, you've probably seen him around the property walking around, picking up trash and stuff like that. That is not beneath him, and you think, oh, what a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice. It drives him crazy. He can't stand it. So he goes out there and picks it up. I come in, I'm like, I would have done that for you. Oh, it was, you were busy. I'm like, I was on my commute here. <laughs> But uh, he can't stand messes, and that's why he likes fire so much, because fire takes care of clutter, and it just <laughs> takes care of a lot of problems in life. So, so poor Sister Kylie, she's kind of the opposite just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> from what we hear, I don't, I don't know. Uh, she's just a tad bit more of a collector than Brother Kylie. She, um, she likes to hold on to things, and, and, uh, and that's awesome, and I'm a collector. Which is, but that's a little like saying that the Smithsonian has a few items of interest on display. <laughs> Brother Kylie is so anti-clutter, Brother Tamil. He has a stamp collection with one stamp in it. <laughs> and it's on a letter on his desk. It's going out on Monday. <laughs> he I, just, I tried to start collections for him. I've given him things and then he gives it back and says, hey, thanks for letting me hang on to that for a minute. There's no dust on it when I get it back. He's so anti-clutter. I fell asleep in my office one time. Uh, one afternoon, I wasn't feeling well. I fell asleep in my office in the chair. I literally woke up on a cart on the way to the dumpster. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I just fell asleep. Uh, Stan Meyer used to clean our building uh, for a while, and he had this really cool thing. He, he would come in, and, and uh, those of you who know Stan has a cleaning business, and he had this really cool backpack thing that he would come in and had a long hose on it. And uh, well, it turned out it was a vacuum cleaner. And I remember the day Brother Kylie saw that and his eyes lit up. He was like, I want one of those. One of those backpack things. <laughs> I, I, Brother Kylie, we're not getting you a backpack vacuum cleaner. You're our bishop for peace sake. <laughs> but I could tell he wanted one. So his birthday's in December for everybody who needs to know that. I'd, I'd just give him a hard time. It's just hilarious to me. His office is so neat and orderly. This cracks me up. I, I took a guest in, on a tour of our offices one day. I'll do that occasionally. If we're, we're witnessing to someone or teaching a Bible study, I'll take him on a tour of the offices. And I took him in there one day, and I said, and this is the office of our senior pastor. And they said, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> I said, I said what, do you, what do you mean, sorry for my loss? And they said, well, it's clear he's passed on. You've cleared out all of his belongings. <laughs> I, honestly, I think if Brother Kylie had his, if he had his way, his office would consist of a small wooden chair and a nightstand 
with one pencil in the drawer. Those of us that work in the admin offices, we're not allowed to put anything on his desk. Everything goes in that front drawer. He always has to have that there. So I'll be sitting in my office working, and I'll, I'll hear him come in. I'll hear that creaky, like that. and like, oh, Brother Kylie's checking his mail. And then he'll close it and take care of business. But he and Sister Ons, Sister Ons is here, by the way, everybody. Did you guys see? Sister Mary Ons. Sister Unz was the church secretary for seven years, seven years, before she got wise. I mean, <clears throat> before, she, before she retired and moved down to be with her daughter, Robin, who's with us here today also. Thank you guys for being here. So this was one of my favorite things. Sister Unz and Brother Kylie were locked in this brutal battle of office decorum. And uh, in Brother Kylie's office, there's an old radio sitting right there inside the door if you turn to the left, and there's a little stack of books on top of that radio, whatever Brother Kylie's materials are. And so they would go back and forth in this, in this uh, crazy battle, and I love to go check each day and see who was winning. And uh, so Sister, Sister Unz would come in, and she's a, a decorator lady. If you ever saw her home here in, in Oconomowoc, it was beautiful, stunning, wonderful things. And Brother Kylie's just very neat and orderly, and, and so she would take those books and she'd fan them out into this sort of nice little display. And Brother Kylie would walk in and put them back together, <laughs> go back and sit down. <laughs> so each day I got to check the score and see who was winning that. <laughs> it was just one of my favorite things of the morning. And so Sister Anz, I really miss that because nobody messes with Brother Kylie's books anymore. Uh, and so he's winning. Anyway... If any of you have been in my office, you know my office is a constant mess. I've got like 9,000 projects going on at any given moment, and I'm cutting and pasting and putting things together and advertising and all this junk, and there's stuff everywhere. There, and I know, I know it just drives them crazy. But I, wanna, I just understand, it's a controlled mess. I know where everything is. I know precisely what pile has what in it, and I've tried to convey that to him, <laughs> but it's just, just the way it is. Uh, I know where my, my stuff is, but poor Brother Kylie, every time he walks by my office, I see him kind of go, oh. <laughs> he looks in there. He's, he's actually walked in my office at times and said, hey, Brother Cordell, would, would you like me to help you straighten up in here? <laughs> He just holds his head, oh, walks into his office feeling woozy. I, there's been, I went on vacation one time. I came back. My office was completely clean, and he's, he vacuums everything. That's what we want from our bishop is a good vacuum cleaner. <laughs> but I, as I said a moment ago, I'm not his biggest challenge. Sister Kylie is, is a bit more of a challenge than I am, right, Sister Kylie? Okay, I'm, so I'm going to poke fun. Um, let's just say, as I said, but Sister Kylie likes to hang on to things. She's very sentimental, and I think that's nice. And if you look in my office, I have collections, and I hang on to stuff, too. Um, and, and frankly, if it wasn't for her, who knows what would be missing from their home? I mean, <laughs> important tax papers, bank records, Mike and Cheryl's birth certificates. You know, clutter. Clutter like that that we don't need anymore. You know, burn it. <laughs> I'm not going to say Sister Kylie keeps a lot of stuff. I love her, and she's been like a mom to me for many years, and, and, and half of my weight is due to her. <clears throat> but, but occasionally she'll take all her stuff, and she likes to have rummage sales. She just had one not too long ago. But when she has a rummage sale, it's more like a flea market because there's just a lot of stuff, and it gets pretty big. Um, but that's okay because she does really good with that. Um, and then she has to hold them on consecutive weekends too because... 
you know, you have to have the enough crowds coming in to get all that stuff to make a real dent. But, and that's okay, because again, like I said, she and I share that, and we drive him crazy equally. Um, but she's got to keep Brother Kylie at bay, too, cause, as long as she can, because he just wants to burn all the leftovers. And I'm just waiting for the day when all the clutter consists of only fireproof items. <laughs> like there's nothing else to burn. There's just the fireproof items, and he's going to be frustrated. But I just, I'm kidding around. I love to... I love to joke around with him about that stuff. Brother Kylie shared with me not too long ago their, their meeting, and it just goes to show you how opposites really do attract. Um, they were high school sweethearts in, a, in Oak Creek, if I remember correctly, and uh, they did everything the right way. Sister Kylie was obviously a very honorable lady, and, and that's when they got married. She never knew that his whole room consisted of a mattress and a light bulb. <clears throat> She didn't know. See, she was proper, so she'd never gone there. They met outside, and they did things properly. She's a very prim and proper lady. Um, but that's also why uh, he didn't know that her room was a wonderfully furnished and tastefully decorated hall of records rivaling the Internal Revenue Service, <laughs> which, if you know her office, she would agree with you on that. But as I said, Sister Kylie is a very prim and proper lady, and I've always loved that about her. And again, our bishop's wife is a terrific and wonderful lady, and she's going to be a great blessing to our church. Amen. Now, you folks know I know them well enough that I can say these things, and they'll only hit me a couple of times. Okay, all right. She was so very prim and proper, but I believe that she knew very early on, she knew that she needed a man sent from God. In fact, I think Brother Kylie had to march around her seven times before she'd fall for him. (laughs) Please, please, please. (laughs) I don't think he had to blow a horn or anything, but she did finally uh, obviously say yes, and that was wonderful. Uh, he, he had to do it that way. Her first birthday gift from him was a Kirby. <clears throat> so <laughs> it was going to take a move of God to let her give in. So, um, so thank goodness for uh, Joshua. Um, anyway, I was, I was doing a little bit of a thought in, on this process, and I do have to get just a little bit more serious for a moment because I love my bishop, and I'm very, very excited about what God has done. It's been a pl- privilege here for 20 years to serve side by side with both of them to serve the kingdom and serve this church, I've learned tremendous, tremendous things from them, and I will continue to do so, and I encourage you also, learn what you can from him. He's a teacher, Sister Kylie is a teacher, they're leaders, and they will give you everything they possibly can and always do, the most hospitable people that you could ever know, and uh, don't waste a moment if you have that opportunity to draw from them what they're willing to give, because they have enriched my wife and I and, and our lives and our children many times over. I will share this one story. Uh, You've heard many of these, and some of you can relate to these. Uh, One of the most moving moments in my life, I was uh, very, very close with my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, and she passed away in 2007, and and I was asked by the family to come and preach her funeral. She lives 400 miles from here, and so I was very distraught and dealing with all this stuff and preparing a message, and she was extremely close with her. She was an angel on earth wonderful godly woman and I didn't know how I was going to get through it 
even to the point where we were down at the service and she's in the casket behind me. I couldn't even look at her. I, couldn't, I was dealing with that so difficult and trying to focus on this message and keep it together. And I came up to the podium and I see my family there, my mom's sisters, my mother, and they were all very distraught, of course. And I get my, standing at a podium very similar to this, and I put my message down on it and I lift my eyes up and who's sitting in the back of that room but brother and sister Kylie had gotten up that morning, early that morning, and drove 400 miles to be with me as uh, as a support as I had to endure one of the toughest moments of my life at that point, and I'll ever be thankful for that. You know, there's a lot said about, quote-unquote, the perfect pastor and uh, uh, what people think is the perfect pastor, the ideal one. And so I guess in that realm, I'm, I'm Pluto and perfect is Earth. But um, I was thinking about, thank you for the one laugh. Um, everyone else is going, yep, that's about right. God's grace. Um, but I was thinking about why Pastor Kylie and Sister Kylie have been the perfect pastor family, and I, I read this little piece, and I wanted to share it with you. It says, the perfect pastor preaches exactly 19 minutes. He condemns sin roundly, but never hurts anybody's feelings. He works from 8 a.m. until midnight, and he's also the church janitor. The perfect pastor makes about 50 bucks a week, but wears really nice clothes, drives a really nice car, buys really good books, and donates about 40 bucks a week to the church. He's 29 years old, but he's got 40 or 50 years worth of experience and, and wisdom, and above all, he's super handsome. The perfect pastor has a burning desire to work with teenagers and spends all of his time with the senior citizens. He smiles all the time with a straight face because he has a sense of humor that keeps him seriously dedicated to his church. He makes 15 home visits a day and is always in his office to be handy when needed. You starting to get the picture? The perfect pastor always has time for church meetings and all of the personal counseling, but he never misses the meeting of any church ministry and is always busy evangelizing the unchurched. See, the perfect pastor is one that has to be everywhere, be everything, be with each person everywhere at once. And I'll tell you, you know as well as I do, that's nearly impossible. But I want to say, if there's a man on planet Earth who almost embodies exactly what I just described, it's Pastor Richard Kyler. We talked a little bit yesterday about, uh, and Brother Kylie, I thank you for the message yesterday that you gave honoring my wife and I. And Brother Kylie talked about that part of Elijah and Elisha's message where Elisha basically said to Elijah, I just want a double portion. And I was so humbled and I, I, I can't even tell you how I felt at the moment when Brother Kylie looked at me and said, Brother Cordell, I give you a double portion. And I'm so very thankful for that. I feel like I've got many, many more, much more than that from them. Uh, than I've given to them and to, and to this church. And so I feel very blessed and honored by that. And I thought about that double portion and uh, the office of the bishop. And I told you that First Timothy chapter 3 talks about the man who desires the office of a bishop and there's all these qualifications. And I thought, I don't, I don't want to read that. I don't want to talk about that portion because all of those things in there are so basic and simple. Uh, you know, not given to filthy lucre and, and uh, a husband of one wife and not a drinker and all that. That's all... 
This is not the bishop that we're talking about. But I was thinking about that double portion message, and I thought of 1 Timothy, and I knew it was in there in chapter 5. If we could bring up 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17. It says, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. That's it. As I thought about the double portion that I'm getting, I thought about the pastor and the elder and the bishop who's cared for me and cared for many of you in this church and the wonderful work that he's wrought. And I'm asking you today, I think we need to extend to Brother and Sister Kylie a double honor for the work that he's done in laboring the word and doctrine. So, Brother Kylie, as I'm closing, and we've got a couple more pieces, so hang tight. We're going to have a promotion in just a moment, but I just want to know that, want you to know, and Sister Kylie to know, that I will always promote the work that you've done here, the foundation that you've laid here, the principles that you have taught me, and I will share it with these leaders, and I will share it with the people that come through these doors. Lives will be affected, and we will continue that legacy side by side as partners in this great work. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.